to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're going to be talking about Latina voices in leadership, increasing understanding, and being an ally. I'm Cheryl White, a cultural psychologist with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, and I'll be your host for today. I am delighted to have with us Vice Chair Nora Vargas, San Diego County Supervisor for the First District. Uh, Vice Chair Vargas, welcome. So wonderful to see you. Good I to see you. you. <laughs> I miss you too. And, and I had the honor. And thank you. <laughs> I, as I say, I had the honor of working with you a lot, and so I'm so proud to be here today with you. I am so so glad to have you with me here today as well, and also just delighted to have Annie Rodriguez, Executive Director of Generate Hope. Annie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to meet you, Vice Chair Vargas. Yes, definitely. Well, as we, um, I guess, jump forward, I'm going to just start with asking Vice Chair Vargas to just share, you know, what does it mean to be a Latina in America? Oh, what does it mean to be a Latina in America? Well, uh, what's beautiful about being part of the Latinx culture is that it, we are not homogeneous, right? And so for me, when I talk about what it means to be a Latina in America, um, my response is very different than a lot of other folks' uh, responses because I actually feel very fortunate that I am uh, a fronteriza, right? I am binational. I, I uh, was raised on both sides of the border. I'm an immigrant. Um, I have been very actively engaged in the community. And for me, uh, you know, my experience has been one where uh, America has provided a lot of opportunities for me that have allowed me to really not only advance uh, my mission and my passion, but also help our communities and use uh, these different roles that I've had to be able to advance our community. And so for me, uh, as a first-generation immigrant woman and the first woman of color to serve um, in the 171-year history of the County of San Diego, um, I believe that um, it is really uh, a wonderful opportunity to be a Latina uh, in America at this time. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Annie, I'll ask you the same question. Your thoughts? Sure. So um, thank you, Vice um, Chair Vargas, because I think that oftentimes um, we're all put in, we're, we're asked to respond for all Latinas, right? And we're also different. And so in my experience, I'm a first-generation Mexican-American, um, and do feel privileged and honored to have had the opportunities that being an American um, has provided for me. So I think it's an exciting time um, to be Latina um, because of the focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I think that I have uh, the unique ability to be able to be part of those conversations um, and help inform what, you know, based on my experience and, um, you know, how we can bring more diversity and equity and how we can bring forth more opportunities for, um, 
for Latinas in, to, to participate in all aspects, uh, whether it be government, positions of leadership in the education arena. Um, and so it's, it's exciting times. So it feels, it feels a, it, I feel like it's a privilege and honor right now to be a Latina in America. And I think, uh, Dr. White, I think to uh, add to Annie's uh, point is that I think many of us and um, many of us who are in positions of influence and power, you know, whatever that role is, I, you know, I'm very, especially with what we saw in our country uh, this last year with uh, the black community, I, I really believe that I sit in a position of power, a, a privilege, I should say, a, a position of privilege because I am a light-skinned Latina who is bilingual, you know, who has had very different opportunities. And I think it's very important for us to, to really talk about that piece um, in, in our roles because uh, it, there's still a lot of work for us to do um, in our country as it relates to Afro-Latinos and Afro-Latinas and, and, and who we are. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I appreciate that. And, um, and I think it, it doesn't, I think, go over um, either of our, any of us in just kind of thinking of this being Hispanic Heritage Month. And I know I didn't ask you um, to share, but either of you want to talk a little bit about, because I know one of the things that always comes up is, um, you know, how do we uh, frame ourselves and reference ourselves and everyone has a different preference. I know like Annie, you say um, I'm Mexican-American. I know I have other friends who say I'm Chicana and don't call me that his government name of Hispanic or Latinx or Latinx. You know, everybody identifies from their own space. Any, either of you want to speak to how um, uh, persons who may actually be lumped in this uh, Latinx uh, label, um, some of the differences within um, you know, uh, just last week on September 15th, uh, for the first time in the history of the county of San Diego, we were able to light it up uh, in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. And so uh, when we eliminated the county, it was eliminated with the colors of uh, green, red, and white. And, um, and some folks said, well, you know, it was uh, Latin American independence, right? Many of the co- uh, countries in Latin America were celebrating independence. The colors are not all the same. You know, uh, Latinos are, I mean, Mexican-Americans are a large population of San Diego County, and we were very, we knew that some folks, you know, that we couldn't put it on all the different colors, right? But the point to that is, is that uh, what I think we need to, language is is important, language matters, and it's critical for us to be able to understand where that definition came from. And I have a little story to tell you that uh, the person who actually is the father of Hispanic Heritage Month being expanded to a month was my boss uh, when I worked for the Clinton administration. Ah. So it's kind of like a really cool uh, little anecdote. But um, spoke with him many times. And, and if you really think about why Hispanic Heritage Month, whether Hispanic, Latinx, and I consider me, myself as someone, I am binational, Mexican-American. I was born in Mexico, naturalized citizen. I have a Chicana heart, right? And so <laughs> there's so many uh, uh, different ways of describing who I am and, and what I bring to the table. But, but to the point of Hispanic Heritage Month, and this is what I emphasized during that celebration, 
is that what we want to make sure is that we elevate our communities so that we are actually emphasizing how critical we are to the fabric of this nation. Like, we are the backbone, right? We are the corazón of this community. And so it's really, I think, uh, yes, let's have a discussion about whether we're Latinx, Hispanic, Latino, and this. You know, depending on if you're, you know, I'm turning 50 in about a week or two, and, and I tell people, you know, I'm still trying to adjust to Latinx, right? Because when I was in college, we were fighting so much for identity that it was so important for me to be a Latina and not Latinx. Mm-hmm. And I understand it uh, as I identify with my, my pronouns and, and I understand uh, why it's so important. But, but I think if anything, what we make sure that we don't forget that it's really about how, how the Latino, Latinx, Hispanic, Chicano community is so critical to this country, I think is what, what's important, particularly as we highlight our communities during that month because we can't be this silent majority anymore. We have to come out, and people have to understand that we're, we're a, power, a, a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that story and just elaborating on just the usage of the various terms. Annie, anything you'd like to add? So I have a funny story. I think one of, um, I, you know, during the negative political climate, I was spending a lot of time not watching the news and not looking at certain information and so I had somebody ask me what does Latin X mean and felt embarrassed to be like uh you know I don't know um (laughs) terms come and go right as I've grown up as I've gone through the education system things have changed in what um, whether it's been due to political influence um or you know languages have changed and I so so I think it's important that we respect what um, other Latinos or Latinas want to be referred by. And I too, you know, have this Chicana heart and, um, and yeah, and I'm, and I'm proud of the heritage of my family of origin, which is, you know, they come from Mexico. And so Mexican American is the way I like to be referred to, but I have no problem with the Latinx term either. Cause I do think the importance is having a collective voice and being able to use that to influence uh, policy and influence programs and, and just equity. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for adding. Um, I'll stick with you, Annie, and ask you to just share, um, how has being a Mexican-American impacted your life or leadership journey? So, of course, it's had a major impact in my life journey, I think, um, in in many different ways. And so, um, growing up with a mother who was committed to serving um, others, it greatly influenced my academic and career choices. So, I grew up in, at the time, was a community where um, the Latinos were all migrants, migrant workers. And so... Um, the community around me was um, my community at church, my community that I saw my mother just untired, like just, she would just serve all the time, whether it was helping people find jobs, giving people rides, um, sharing in the childcare responsibilities, or uh, just taking care of someone who was sick and in need. And so that had um, a great influence on me. And I chose to study sociology and then ultimately got my master's degree in social work. 
And that led me to uh, work in the nonprofit arena. Um, and I had the courage to take the opportunities to advance in my career. And that was primarily because I knew that as I advanced, I would have um, just greater opportunity to impact, um, whether it was my clients, my community. Um, I also being Latina, really, the values have caused me or have made me be uh, just a servant leader. I, I identify as being a servant leader. Um, and that's primarily because of my faith, right? My faith has, ha is my guiding force in life. And when I faced, or when I face and faced adversities or setbacks, I was able to overcome those um, and just persevere because of the values that were instilled in me early on. Um, whether it's by my mother or the other amazing role models that I had in my community. Um, and let's see, I, I've just, I'm committed to helping others and to help improve the lives of those that continue to face challenges and adversity. And my culture, my background are all reasons why I have um, made the choices I've made and um, and that have really helped impact my leadership journey. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, Annie. And I can tell you all of what you just talked about. I am just um, delighted to have had an opportunity to witness as I um, um, served with you at the Neighborhood House Association and saw you as a mid-level manager, then an executive leader. And we were all blessed to have that wonderful servant leadership model um, that you led with. So uh, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. And how about yourself, um, Vice Chair Vargas, how has um, really being a Mexican-American, Latina, impacted your life and leadership journey? Well, I, I, um, I think, and I've done a lot of work uh, with wonderful coaches as yourself uh, to be able to get to where I am now. And I think that uh, what I have learned through my tra trajectory is to really um, own my superpower, which is being bilingual and being bicultural, right? I always talk about it that way because for me, mm -hmm. um, I I grew up in Tijuana and I was raised um, in our binational community. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of privilege that comes with that because I was able to cross the border and go to school here. And, and so uh, my perspective, I think, is 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 not unique to the region, but it's unique to many other uh, Latino communities. And so, for me, uh, it wasn't until I went away to college that I realized that most people didn't look like me, right? Until I went to a school in San Francisco, I realized that there were, um, you know, not everybody was Mexican around me, right? And I, and I don't, you know, it's, the diversity and, and the exposure to different communities, I think, really took place when I was in college. Because even in my community college, most of the people look like me, uh, the majority at Southwestern College. And so, you know, I think what has been really powerful is that I, because of the work that I've done, I've been able to serve as the first at many things, right? County supervisor, first Latina executive at Planned Parenthood, First Latina on the CalSTRS board, which is a $24.8 billion, uh, you know, uh, budget that we manage. And what I've learned is that hashtag representation matters is not just a, not just a hashtag. It's really 
critical and important because our voices and our experiences really should influence our policymaking process and our decision-making process. And so um, I think it has had a wonderful impact um, on the work that I've done and also has helped me in really being understanding and being an advocate on behalf of my community. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Vice Chair. And, and I'll tell you, just having had the pleasure of, of witnessing you and your fabulous leadership, adding to your superpowers, I think would be your enormous heart, your tenacity and courage. You don't become the first by not stepping out. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, definitely. Well, we are going to take a short break and be right back. And on the other side of um, the commercial, we're going to ask um, both Annie and Vice Chair to just to share a little bit about the adversities that they've faced and then what's given them the fortitude to keep on keeping on. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Delighted to be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month and to be focusing today on Latina voices in leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally. Wonderful guest with us today, Vice Chair Nora Vargas, San Diego County Supervisor of the First District, and also Annie Rodriguez, Executive Director of Generating Hope. 
or generate hope. So again, welcome back. And uh, Vice Chair Vargas, I'm going to throw it back to you and see if there's anything you'd like to add with regards to um, how being uh, Mexican-American or a Latina has really impacted your life and leadership journey. Thank you, Dr. White. I think, you know, uh, I, one thing that I will add in addition to, uh, you know, talking about the, the fact that that I have the experience in the in terms of bringing my my whole self, my authentic self as being my national and my culture and, and how that has really shaped my decision-making process, I would say that um, there's a lot of power uh, to have uh, that commitment to family and community, I think is, is really uh, part of who we are as a Latinx and Latino community, right? And the work that I do every day I, I do it on behalf of the greater good. It's not, you know, I, I have the privilege of serving uh, in that capacity where I'm the first at a lot of different things, but I'm never the last, right? And so what I've learned through this process is that um, being the only person at the table uh, with, the, with the knowledge and experience is not enough, that we have to have more of us sitting at the table. And so um, I have been able to build a network of uh, other uh, Latinas uh, throughout the community that I've been able to work with very closely. And we find a lot of similarities because of the expectations uh, that might have been put on us as we were growing up or ideals of what it was like to be a Latina. And to be able to work through that um, uh, in community has been very powerful uh, to be able to succeed and to bring other people along. Mm-hmm. I love that um, being the first, but making sure you're not the last and mm-hmm. holding that door open. I, and I've seen you witness that, be it the work yeah. with the Hispanics organized for political equality yeah. or other groups. I've seen you live that. So thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Vice Chair Vargas, if we stay with you for a moment, can I ask you to just reflect on adversities that you've um, faced and really what has given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? Um, I am absolutely a half, uh, a glass half full kind of person. Um, but when things get really rough, I always go back to like what I call like my compass, right? Which is the core of my value system. And I try and I have learned to really center myself, uh, when I'm thinking about what I'm doing and really focusing on what I, why I do what I do. Um, mm. you know, I've had over the opportunity for, of doing this work for over 25 years and I've always been very passionate and committed to advancing my community. But really, I think uh, I've always, my goal has always been really to focus on institutional change, right? Not that's the short term hanging fruit, but really institutional change. And what does that look like so that we can expand opportunities for others? And, and what I've done is I always try to come back to the why. why. What is my why on this issue that I'm working on? And I'll tell you, particularly as a supervisor, right, and I'm sitting up on the dais and being the only woman of color on there and, and having, for instance, in this case, you know, the vaccination issue has been a huge uh, issue in our communities. Um, proud to say that 87% of my district is fully vaccinated, which is critical for us in our communities, right, mm-hmm. essential employees. Um, but what's really powerful is that we've had these 15-hour marathon meetings where people come and they say all sorts of really, you know, it's, the discourse in politics has gotten very nasty. 
Uh, and what I have to remind myself every day is that uh, I am the person who's the conduit of the engine of change, but I'm not, I'm not doing this alone, right? I, I was voted in by 131,000 people to represent this district uh, because our values were aligned. And so mm-hmm. I have to just always keep going back and, and recenter myself and my team and remind everyone that the work that we do every day is we're trying to shift a, a structure that wasn't made for us or by us. And so it's always going to be hard. But if we have the passion and commitment to do it and the tenacity, we'll be able to move the needle. We don't have a lot of time to waste. And so, um, you know, I think for me, it's staying grounded and, and family and friends around me. Wonderful. And congratulations on that fabulous um, vaccination uh, rate. That is um, quite an accomplishment. What, what did you say that was that? Did, what was the number you gave? 87% of District 1. I thought you said 87%. One. That is District yeah, 1. Wow. And it's one of the most diverse mm-hmm. districts in the county of San Diego. One that yeah. was, has been mm-hmm. played by, you know, healthcare inequities mm-hmm. for many years. So really proud. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of interventions that have worked. So it's yes. been a model for the Major accomplishment. County. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. And love your focus on the why and your, um, your glass half full um, perspective as well. And how about yourself? You know, what, what has been like adversity that you have faced um, as a Latina and what has given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? So I relate so much to what um, Vice Chair Vargas said. I think that um, community is important to me. Family and faith is important to me. And I've made a commitment to serve others. And that really um, has inspired me to and, and challenged me so that when I do face adversity, that I that I think about the why and I think about um, how I can just get up, right? Dust myself off and continue to support, find new ways, innovative ways, try to um, find workarounds and continue to move forward, whether it's from education at some time, you know, being the first, um, person in my family to go to college. Um, it was hard, right? I didn't have any role models. I didn't have any mentors. I had to figure out myself and, you know, didn't get in the first time because didn't meet all the deadlines and mm-hmm. just knew that there was a bigger plan and purpose mm-hmm. for my life. And mm-hmm. so just reached out. And, and so I, I say it's grit and it's mm-hmm. experience having seen um, having personally experienced um, adversary, adversary and setbacks, but also seeing those around me and how they overcome. I think um, mentors have been extremely important for me in finding um, new and better ways to um, develop as a professional. I, I believe in being a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. And so if something's not working, um, how, or if there's areas that I need to improve to have more of an impact, then I look for 
mentors. I look for coaches. You've been one of those um, amazing coaches that have <laughs> really helped me grow as a professional. And yeah, and it's just one thing that I want to give back is be um, a mentor, be a coach for others around me and um, helping them through those adversities that they are experiencing in the present and helping them prepare uh, to avoid those uh, barriers in the future. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, Dr. Uh-huh. White, yes. I was going to say that, you know, one of the things that Annie said that I think is really powerful is the coaching and the mentoring, and it, uh, which I think is so critical for so many of us because we've never seen people who look like us do any of the work that most of us are doing because we are trailblazers mm-hmm. um, in, in, in this country, right, for, in so many, mm-hmm. at so many levels. Uh, and I think we carry a burden as well of, at least in, I could say I carry a, the burden of making sure that every day I am also modeling for others, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in modeling, I have to be my authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't want other young girls to, and other young Latinas to grow up thinking that they have to be perfect, that they have to be, you know, um, in order to achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve, whatever fulfills their lives. I think that we actually, I, I think I have a big responsibility to show them that, you know, I don't have it together all the time, that sometimes I fail. And when I fail, I learn from that experience. And sometimes it hurts really hard when you fall, but it's okay, right? And, and you surround yourself with folks who are able, you know, not just Latinos, but other allies who are able to sometimes guide you, support you, or even say to you, uh, you know, I probably should have done that. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and cheerleaders, of course. But I, I think that's really powerful as we're talking about leadership because, you know, they always tell us, you know, who are your role models? This is the first question that people ask you. And I always, you know, they ask me, like, who do you want to be as an elected official? I'm like, well, there really isn't. I'm the first one. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping that I am the best that I can be so that I can leave a legacy mm-hmm. so that any young uh, person, Latino in my community, any Latinx person in my community, including Latinas, can see this themselves in me. And when I hear that from young little girls and, and, and young boys, it makes a difference for me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Because I'm like, okay, well, she, she went to community college and then mm-hmm. university and she did it. She didn't go to Harvard straight. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think being human is so important and really modeling that is, mm-hmm. is I think, what, what makes a difference in our leadership or it should be making a difference. Wonderful. I think both of you are indeed role models and mentors. And so funny hearing you say, Annie, I want to be, because you have no idea, I guess, how many people I sent to your office to say, ask Annie to be your mentor. And they came <laughs> back and said they had a wonderful conversation with you. <laughs> so, so you are that which you wish to be. And you've demonstrated that and it was definitely powerful in many people's lives. And I think that that's real important to both of you, you know, with the um, understanding the why, having this plan that you want to accomplish purpose. I love the grit um, and how your life experiences and being mentored, others, seeing others overcoming and just being that lifelong learner. And when I go back to also Vice Chair, uh, speaking of the glass half full, it gives me that space of also gratitude and how gratitude can support us in being able to keep on keeping on in the midst of adversity. So awesome. Annie, I want to ask you first with regards to as a Latina, what do you think, um, or to say, what do you want others to know and understand about Latinas? 
Yeah, so thank you. I think we all know that Latinos are the fastest growing ethnic group in the U.S. Um, in 2019, it was estimated that we're over 18% of the population. Um, and, and we identify, you know, as different things as we spoke before, whether it's Latinx, Latino, Hispanic, Mexican-American. Um, I read a statistic that, uh, that there's over 15 million um, Latinas 18 and over in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that are participating in um, and making a significant impact in the U.S. workforce. Um, and I think the challenge is that we have not achieved equity in education. We don't have equity in healthcare, political influence, wages, and we're underrepresented in positions of leadership across all sectors. And there's many reasons for this, whether it's culture, social norms, some of our values that cause us to, to focus more on community, family versus individualism, which is 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 kind of the preferred uh, cultural norm in the U.S. Um, the prevalence of gender inequalities is a huge issue. So on top of uh, being a minority, it's we face gender inequalities. Um, however, like me, there's many Latinas who want to excel in life. Um, they have the capacity to do so. Um, and we want to serve and be role models, mentors, and advocates and leaders. Um, Dr. White, one of the things that you shared with me is that we um, not apply the golden rule, but the platinum rule, <laughs> right? Which is how do we treat others the way they want to be treated or need to be treated? And it's one thing that I have always aspired to do is just take in each individual and supervise, support them in the way they need that. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that that is just our servant heart and our commitment to community and um, our, my faith upbringing, at least. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Vargas, anything you'd like to add? Um, I think any, everything that Annie uh, said is, you know, right on. And uh, I think what I would add is that, uh, there is work that I think uh, we must do, and I think it's I, I take this um, as a responsibility as a leader to ensure that uh, other Latinas know that they are very that they need to own their power, right? Own your power. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean is making sure that you understand what you bring to the table and why it's so important. Uh, we still have, you know, uh, I mean, particularly like the pandemic really uh, showed us that the majority of Latinas were the high, highest impacted by, by the, this COVID pandemic, right? That we still have a gap uh, in the Latino white household income, and it's very wide. Even though it's narrowed a little, it's still very, very wide. That, you know, we are 9% of the total population of the United States. And then in California, one in every five people is a Latina. And so um, use our power of who we are. We, we still, you know, are earning only about what, 42 cents for every dollar earned by a white man. Um, and so we really, I think, need to uh, demand what is rightfully ours. And I think for too long, right, and I re- this is a perfect example. I remember growing up, I was told, right, 
work hard. And I think we've had this conversation, Dr. White, right? We, we was, I was told by my, my mom and dad, it's like, you know, work hard and you will be rewarded. And it was a very different mentality, mentality I think, that we had, our, our families had growing up, right? Uh, I would have never known. I didn't know how to negotiate salaries. I didn't know how to negotiate bonuses. I didn't know, you know, um, even when they when I wanted to run for this board of supervisors seat and people said, no, you have to wait your turn. It's not your turn. And you're not, you know, it, 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 not yet and hold off. And being able to, to take that leap of faith and take the risk is, uh, I think, something that I would say we, we need to do more of. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, I know we're going to go to break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you, Vice Chair, if there's more you'd like to um, share with regards to things you want others to know about Latinas. And then I'll ask us to talk a little bit about the workplace, uh, specifically as relates to what can others do to be supportive and to be allies. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters, talking about Latina voices in leadership, increasing understanding, and being an ally. Delighted to have Vice Chair Nora Vargas, San Diego County Supervisor of the 1st District, and Annie Rodriguez, 
Executive Director of Generate Hope. Before we went to break, Chair Vargas, you were sharing with regards to things that you want us to know and understand about Latinas. But toss it back to see if there's anything else you wanted to add. Yes, you know, we talked about, about um, you know, basically our resilience and our ability to get things done. But I think, you know, um, where, where companies, organizations, government entities can really benefit from having Latinas at the table is that uh, many of us, you know, um, have been trailblazers, right? Whether you're the first one in your family to go to college or you're the first one in your family to be in management or in different roles. Um, throughout, I think, our, our journeys, we have learned to think outside the box. We have learned to really uh, challenge the system in such a way that uh, it's productive uh, as we're doing it so that we can be effective and efficient. And so um, I think if you want the job done, you know, you give it to a Latina, but you better make sure that she's getting paid for it and pay for it well, right? Because <laughs> we need to make sure that we're demanding that. But I, I do think that we bring a very different... Um, and unique perspectives that is really critical uh, as we're trying to really be inclusive as we're doing our work moving forward. Mm -hmm. So, um, Vice Chair, thank you. And I'm going to stay with you and ask you to just share, you know, specifically when we think about the workforce, what can others do to be supportive or to be an ally of Latinas? You know, so I I love this question because uh, I you know, was an executive uh, for Planned Parenthood for over 20 years. And I served in many capacities uh, at that particular organization. And I've also been an executive director. And, you know, I always tell people I started off as, a, as an organizer. But I think one thing uh, that, I, that I have learned throughout this journey is that uh, allies, other leaders have really, I think it's a responsibility to really, if you see something in others that they don't even see in themselves, to really nudge them and help them mm-hmm. fine-tune that, right? I think that mm-hmm. uh, even if it takes a little bit longer, like just really work with that person and, and, and find their strengths and, and help them get to the next level, not just dismiss them if they don't know something or, or if it's not uh, perfect, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember having long conversations with my CEO about being very intentional. If, if we want to have diversity and equity, it's not just the numbers. It's also making sure that that person has, you know, you, again, you pay them well, you give them the resources, the tools, and you help them uh, succeed, not just hire somebody so that you can check a mark, like a box of inclusivity, but really, what is that person's role and how do we make sure that that role gets integrated into the bigger fabric of the organization or entity that you're in? And then, you know, I guess uh, I would say uh, last but not least, making sure that whatever, um, that, that we are, that we're being very um, intentional about the, in, about inclusivity uh, mm-hmm. that we get away from just creating our, our, diversity and equity statements in our organizations, but actually putting the resources behind that um, and, and, and being accountable to what that actually means, right? The, the first initiative that we, that we used here when I became a supervisor was making sure that we, did create, we, we declared racism a public health care issue and, and, uh, and making sure that we're using data, believe it or not, uh, in all of our decision-making process. 
And so I've made sure in the last eight months that, you know, and the reason why we're able to get to those numbers is that using health equity index and being very data driven about how we do our work has been critical. And so with that is, I think, uh, is making sure that people understand that we need to have that information and that data to not only create policy, but to make the case of why we're so critical and important, because it's unfortunate that in this day and age, we still have to make that case, right? I think, I think it's shameful. I mean, I'm really proud to be the first Latina on the Board of Supervisors, but how is that possible? We had to change the whole structure of how people get elected and term limits so that I could even have a chance. Right. We can have a whole other uh, a whole other um, hour of a of a of a radio talk show uh, to talk about the inequities about, you know, politics and women being able to run for office. And as a Latina, what that looks like. And even within your own Latino community, like, you know, wait your turn and, you know, all those other things that happen. But but I think it's really, you know, how do we make sure that we we change the actual system long term? So that the spaces can be created for us. And so being intentional, I think, is the foundation for all of that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I just appreciate that. And I would look forward to that conversation. Anytime you want to have it, let me know. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So, Annie, anything you'd like to add with regards to how others can be supportive and allies to Latinas in the workplace? Yes. Well, uh, I agree with everything Vice Chair Vargas said. I mean, you spoke to my heart. Um, if it wasn't for the opportunities that people um, provided me because they saw something in me, you know, and encouraged me to grow as a professional, I would not be where I am today. And I know that um, my heart is to support others and to reach out to other women, whether it be um, women that I have the honor to, um, to work alongside, work with, know in the community, but just um, one of the things that I felt early on in my career that that there seemed to be only a value in my bilingualism, that um, I was seen as, oh, let's hire her because she's bilingual um, and she's able to, you know, serve as a translator, work with this population. And I think that as I was able to Um, be my authentic self. I think that's important. Oftentimes we um, feel pressure, whether it's some kind of imposter syndrome, we feel pressure that we need to change who we are um, in order to um, grow and to be successful in, in, in the workplace. And you know, one of the things that I've learned is just, I'm, I'm me, you know, I'm Annie and I want to be my authentic self. And I want to model that for others who are in the workplace. I want to encourage others to, whether it's apply for promotion opportunities, whether it's go back to school, um, you know, to, to achieve their personal and professional goals. And I think I feel um, that, that's the best way to be supportive of um, other Latinas in the workforce. You know, take, con- take into consideration, you know, I have um, women who are committed to family and that oftentimes that is seen as a barrier to them that somehow them uh, growing in the workplace, taking opportunities to promote may impact 
their family life. And uh, fortunately, I'm able to say I've done it as well. You know, I've, I've successfully uh, went to school um, while I had a family. I was able to move up the career ladder and not, well, don't ask my family, but I, I think <laughs> not to address my family, <laughs> my obligations. Um, but always want to encourage others to not put their own, I mean, sometimes we, um, artificially make our own barriers, right? We, we, we say these are all the reasons why I can't. And just being able to coach, share, model that, yes, you can. Si se puede. You know, if you're able to um, and you have the capacity and the will, then let's encourage, let's encourage these young professionals to continue to grow. Let's encourage students to um achieve the goals that they have set for them and help them see how they can overcome those artificially placed barriers in their life. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. I totally appreciate both of you sharing. And it was so much. I love the theme of nudging others and helping others find the strength in them. Um, I think both of you went there and um, vice chair, as you shared, you know, to kind of get to that next level, ensuring they're being provided with the pay, the resources and the help for them to be successful and succeed. Um, being intentional about inclusivity, making sure the resources are there, not just lip service, but we're also ensuring that what's uh, needed is budgeted and uh, using data to support decision making and creating policy. And again, going back to underscoring how important um, not only the data is, but the intentionality around what you're trying to accomplish and underscoring again with yourself, Annie, as you shared um, and built on what Vice Chair Vargas said about being encouraging and modeling and um, taking into consideration the whole person's needs and um, coaching and sharing and modeling. Yes, we can. So fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you. So as we... Um, um, just began to uh, wind down our conversation. Ask each of you just to share any other thoughts uh, that may be uh, top of mind for yourself that you think might be helpful to our listening audience. And uh, why don't we have you go first, Annie, with regards to final thoughts, and then we'll ask Vice Chair to do the same. You're on mute, Annie. <laughs> I apologize for that. No worries. Yeah, for me, um, being a trailblazer, leadership has not been easy. You know, it's, it's, um, I've been met with, um, and I still encounter my share of obstacles, uh, barriers. However, with grit, you know, determination, um, my work ethic that was instilled in me, uh, by just my community, my mother, um, my passion for community and helping others. Um, you know, I was able to overcome these challenges and I, I still sometimes suffer from imposter syndrome. I sometimes feel uh, burned out um, and I just go back to my values and my purpose and the plan for my life and just find a way to be renewed um, and and stay committed to 
the fact that these opportunities that I'm that I'm that I'm setting a path for others to follow, and the privilege that that is. Um, and so I just want to encourage the Latino community and just Latinas in particular, you know, just with the definitely si se puede, you know, you can find yourself, a, you know, in, in, I mean, find yourself a good mentor, engage in networking opportunities, um, continue to have the courage to achieve your personal and professional goals and, um, you know, Join us, right? Join us in really having appropriate representation um, in all the areas that we deserve to and we need to to help support our community. Great. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair. You are on mute, Vice Chair. I know. I know. And we're almost <laughs> wrapping up. So I just, you know, I'll, I'll like really just uh, share with all the Latinas that are out there, you know, know your why. Be, you know, always follow your passion and your commitment. Surround yourself with people, not just, yes, people, but people who are going to help you grow and be better at what you are. Take calculated risk. Be kind. And I will tell you that after 25 years of doing this work, for the first time in my life as a supervisor of this county, beautiful county, I can say to you that for the first time in my life, I don't have imposter syndrome. And you two can get there. And it's a really powerful place to be. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to bring others along. Yeah, love it. it. It has just been a joy to hear from both of you, Annie and Vice Chair Vargas. Um, just delighted. And I can see and feel your presence with regards to just walking in your power. So uh, thank you both so much for sharing with us today. And thank you to our listening audience. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. or search us on Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White. And um just uh, enjoy, you know, just learning with us and journeying with us, understanding and knowing that leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.